Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends, one of the most informative and entertaining talk radio shows today. From social issues and trending topics to sex and relationships, no subject is ever taboo. So join us now for real people, real topics, real talk. Let's face it. Happy Sunday, everyone, and welcome to the November 8th episode of Let's Face It. We're so happy to be back with you guys live again this sum- this Sunday. We're your hosts. I'm Will Strayhorn. And Alicia Brown. <clears throat> How are you, Alicia? Um, I guess I'm feeling better than you, although yeah. I feel like I don't sound like it. Yeah, no, you sound good. You sound good. Okay, good. Sound I don't good. feel all that great, but yeah, I think we both have You don't sound like you, Virginia. I guess you don't sound how you feel. Right. What you were saying. Yeah. Good old Virginia weather, you know, between the sinus and allergens and ugh. I think that's what yeah. it is. I really think that's what yeah. it is. So, but how was your weekend? Weekend was amazing. Um, yes, yesterday I had the opportunity to serve as mentor um, for my monthly program, uh, Building Our Success Strategies on the Boss Girls Mentorship Program. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you and I are in the same boat. We don't have natural children. So it's extra special when you get the chance to just be around youth and just, you know, listen to them sometimes just joking and laughter. But just where their mind is and their visions for the future, things they're going through, um, it, it's refreshing. And, you know, we were sitting down, we were making body scrubs, and we were making some beaded jewelry, and one of my mentees actually sat there, and she was asking me what was my favorite color, and she actually made me a bracelet. And knowing the things that I know about her background and some of the things she went through, it was really a special gift that she made that bracelet and gave it to me. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a, I'm an adult, so I stuck it together and didn't cry in front of her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just really shows that when you walk in your purpose and you just yeah. take time for other people and, and let God work through you, you have mm-hmm. no idea what impact you're making. So right now mm-hmm. I just feel like I am the richest woman in the world. And it's just such right. a blessing to be alive. And, you know, just living according to purpose. That's good. But I say all that to say this. How uh-huh. was the weekend of our mogul, Mr. Will Strayhorn? It was very quiet, very quiet, uneventful. Um, <laughs> I wasn't feeling my best most of the weekend, so. Um, That's probably the only much... reason your weekend was quiet and uneventful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was in chill mode all weekend. That's it. That's what? a big. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, he was sick. That is it. That is it. He was sick. But we have some other people who I'm sure they had some exciting weekends. I'm about to say, I'm almost scared to ask, but um, (laughs) last night, Danielle, how were your weekends? Hey, hey, my weekend was busy, but I got put on blast by some of my girlfriends this weekend, and they made Uh me feel some type of way. What? What? What happened, girl? Well, I've had two good friends of mine basically say that I don't spend no time with nobody no more, and oh. I need to get my life. Mm-hmm. And oh, wait a minute. 
I'm like, okay, <laughs> let me ingest this a little bit and see what I'm doing wrong. And I said, I guess they might have a point, but they don't understand. I'm making power moves right now, and it's Come difficult on. to miss out on money and opportunity Wait. to go do very social, fun, little friendly things that yeah. don't make me no money. Um, but Girl. I do need to balance it because relationships are important and they are yeah. my girls. But yeah. it's a struggle. I was going to cancel going to a birthday party with the kids, um, okay. a friend's daughter's birthday party, because I was tired because that's my client yeah. all morning. And then I thought about it and I said, I better just show up and participate because I'm going to lose all my friends on this journey. So I went to the birthday party and and did my part, and I'm going to try to make more time, but I'm just so focused. I have tunnel tunnel vision, and it's like you see it in front of you, so you're just going Uh for it. Um, But I need a balance. So that was my whole whole weekend has been putting life in perspective a little bit and make sure I'm balancing a little bit better. It's hard to find that balance, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah. is. That's why you need to and find you know, people who are as motivated as you are. So they I know. And I won't say my friends aren't motivated, but they just have different goals. So mm-hmm. the ones that I'm talking about are not necessarily entrepreneurs. So right. they right. do the nine-to-five thing. And mm-hmm. my life is different. It's no longer nine-to-five. Like, it's from when I wake up to when I go to bed sometimes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So it's hard for them to see it from my perspective. <laughs> And, you know, it's funny you said that because I remember before I started this recent venture, it was another female entrepreneur in our group that said, you know, this is really lonely. And you lose a lot of friends or you have friends that just don't get it. Mm -hmm. I remember looking at her and sort of like, oh, okay. But, you know, now, deep in it, she's absolutely right. I mean, the people that are your friends really are your friends. But, you know, the few times you do call them or the few times you go to them, you know, they'll have a little joke. But just like you said, they put you on blast. Mm-hmm. So you ain't got time for nobody in the mouth. You can't pick up the phone. And then, you know, if you're, whatever you're doing, you're doing workshops or you're out here at these events, oh, you got so big time, you ain't got time for the little people no more. Yeah. And it's like it's not that at all. You're just so stuck. And trying to grind, trying to keep up, you see a dream, a vision, you shoot for it, it's a whole nother life. And it's, it's very hard. I understand what a person said. It's very hard for you to have relationships, romantic relationships during this time, unless you're with someone that was with you before you started everything. Mm-hmm. Now I get it. So I, I, I get you. I get you. So sad. <laughs> Now, I, I got to hear from Liz and Nate. One of y'all, I'm scared. The other one of you, I might be okay, so I'm going to see who, who tell us <laughs> first about their weekend. <laughs> well, I tell you, my weekend was amazing. You oh, know, okay. I I had a little conflict in my weekend, but it turned out to be really well, you know. But I'm going to stop smoking because <laughs> it gets me into a lot of trouble. <clears throat> You know, on Friday night, I went out, you know, to have dinner, and, you know, I was high, and I thought about some things, you know, as I sat there in my high, and 
the waiter went to go and get me something, and my inner voice said to me, Nate, if you're waiting on the waiter, you're now the waiter. (laughs) (laughs) So I got upset, and I, I turned the table over, and I went to jail. So that's where I've been most of my weekend. But it's pretty cool here. We've been playing cards and you singing. And we've been doing Netflix and chilling. So we're good. Netflix and I want jail. to say that's a disclaimer for why you need to leave the Chiba alone. Don't smoke it. I don't care what they legalize. Just don't do it. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your testimony, Nate. Thank you so much. Lord, I'm glad to mercy. be here. Oh, <laughs> Liz, how was your weekend? Help them, Lord. Um, my weekend was good. It was like Will's. I'm uneventful. I worked and just relaxed. I don't believe this. <laughs> oh, I don't. Y'all two always got something going on. You and Will. So how y'all have for y'all in the same weekend have an uneventful weekend? Sometimes it just be like that. You know, ain't we're talking about Facebook. <laughs> what yeah. in the world? Well, it's good. It's all because they don't got no cushion. They like okay, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm yeah, a community man to mess with the cushion. Yeah. <laughs> you smoke a little. <laughs> okay, you I have some cushion, stuff, and then you drink a little. But I have to tell y'all this. I saw something that was so funny today. I was going to Target in Virginia Beach, and. This man, it, this, it was 11 o'clock in the morning. And do you know the police pulled this guy over for drunk driving? Wow. Well, I mean, you see that man. Girl, it was 11 o'clock in the morning. It's a Sunday morning. You're supposed to at least be, be decent between 10 o'clock and 1. Why? Alcohol is Girl, still it's, here. It's the Sabbath day. Ain't nobody, everybody going to be observing the Sabbath. Now, come on now. But Alicia, when it when I tell you that the man could not even walk the straight line, I was oh. like, "What in the world at eleven o'clock?" Yeah, that's a little bit too early to be that late. I mean, I can see you beginning to drink at eleven, but to exactly, be that or be sipping at eleven, okay. but <laughs> okay. I, I mean, unless you just went it. and had a high time at communion ter- service, you know, I don't know what this Sunday was for him. No, baby, they don't give you that much wine at communion. So if you're passing it out, you can drink a little. Because, like, when I pass out communion, <laughs> I like to drink a little with the people, you know? You know Everybody what? I pass some to, I take a little sip, you know? You, okay. You, see. Okay. That, I yeah. forgot. Y'all save. Y'all can save all <laughs> You can't let everybody do communion. That's the problem. Everybody cannot be in charge of communion. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Gonna be drinking a little bit and sharing a little bit, drinking. A, uh-uh. No, it don't work like that. Thank you. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. So if you can't give y'all communion, don't take it. <laughs> so you just Lord. made them want it now. So communion service will Lord be on my house me. later after the show. Oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I have to be fair. So, um, you know, there's been a lot of things going on in. In the news and on TV, I did get a chance this weekend to catch up on a little bit of that. Um, and I know personally, you know, I was outraged, and I know everybody saw the clip about the officer who dragged the child in the classroom. You know, Woo! flipped her basically, okay. slammed her. 
Um, but we, we have a clip. I want you to listen to the clip, and then we're going to comment on it. Well, everyone remembers the video of that police officer pulling uh, the student, the female student, out of that classroom in South Carolina. There's been a lot of uh, different opinions, of course, since that video went viral. Juan Alex and political consultant Angela Box tackled this one in tonight's Fox Face Off. So in South Carolina this week, a police officer lost his job for doing his job by uh, subduing an unruly student in a classroom. Now, the spin is is that she had her phone out, she didn't want to put her phone away, whatever. I can guarantee you, as a teacher, this wasn't the first time this has happened, second, third, fourth, I guarantee it. This is no innocent little lamb. And when you have one student, just one, in a classroom, disrupting the class, making life hell for the teachers and the other students, it's impossible for other students to learn. Now, I do agree, the cop went too far, but I don't think he should have lost his job over it. I think it's high time we start addressing the root causes of all this, the disrespect of teachers, this Black Lives Matter movement, this uh, perpetual chip on your shoulder against everybody that's not like yourself. It's got to stop. We've got to address the culture. First of all, let me say that the cop was justified in being terminated, but they should go further. I think the district attorney's office should indict him for assaulting that child. Ms. Box, nobody supports a disruptive student in a classroom because it stops other kids from learning. But what I do have a problem with is men should never deal and handle a woman like the way that cop handled that little girl. To turn that desk over the way he did, grab her around her neck, then grab that child and throw her across the room, that is unbecoming of a man with decent character and conduct. That's unbecoming of the conduct of a police officer. They, they should have got a school counselor, maybe a therapist on counselor, a, a therapist on campus with a school counselor, and a mental health officer to come to the school and deal with that child. We don't know what was going on with that kid, but no kid should be disruptive in the learning environment. Now, for you to say that we need to deal with the culture of black kids in school, let's deal with the culture of these crazy, fanatic white boys who go in schools with guns and shoot and kill everybody. Let me finish. Hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Columbine, killing the kids at the elementary school, the shootings in other cities across America have all been crazy little white boys okay. shooting up innocent okay. people. So and let's we, study that and culture. we have the black culture, unfortunately, which has been run, the, the black community has been run by Democrats for the last 60 years and has destroyed the black family, destroyed initiative, destroyed self-worth. You have kids out there shooting each other. It's not just white kids. Black kids shoot each other but all the time. But wait a minute. But wait a minute. You said address the black culture. No, address the black Let culture. Let me finish, the perpetual chip on your shoulder, you. blame Whitey. Show some manners. I didn't interrupt God. you. Show some respect. Don't tell me a damn thing about the black coaching kids in school when it's white boys that go in school and murder all kind of innocent I'll people. I'll tell you what. When Don't you go tell in, me when that. You go into the we inner need to city, study these fanatic white boys. When you go into the inner city and start teaching there, you let me know, and then you can have something to say about it. Ma'am, I went to inner city schools. I My taught there, have. and I taught there. And guess what? At the end of the day, there's wolves in sheep clothing every day teaching black schools. Let me tell you schools. something. How dare you say that to me? It's the truth when it comes to you. Please. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Uh, All I have to say is you, when people get upset, you really see exactly how they feel. Mm-hmm. You yes, really hear. So, I'm sure she's listening to this and she has hit herself upside the head a million one times because she really said everything that she wanted. She always wanted to say. 
Honey, no, she has not. This is Fox News we talking about. This is how they talk on Fox News. This, this is my kind of talk. Ah, praise the Lord, I tell you. This kind of she stuff will send you to jail rolling. every week. Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. Oh, she had my it. blood boiling. I was so upset hmm. with her. I was so upset with her. And then I was like, let me calm down because her ignorance is just her ignorance. What parts made because, you most upset? Because she was relating two things that made no damn sense. I'm an educator. I worked in an inner study school as well. I agree. It is very difficult to teach children who are disruptive. However, regardless of how disruptive they are, you do not get to abuse them. That child was abused by the officer. So I don't want to hear nothing about disruption equals abuse because we wouldn't be having the same conversation if he grabbed a little white girl and threw her around him like that. (laughs) That's what upset me. And then, you know, I just want to piggyback off this story because I'm not sure if you've noticed about the two cops, the two black black cops that killed the white boy, or was it three white boys? I can't remember. But they are exploring the fact that they are black cops that killed these right. white boys. Mm-hmm. It is so crazy. But I don't think, I think everybody missing the point with this incident. You know, it's not so much that the girl was black. One, it was just just went way too far. So for her to yeah. sit here and make it a black oh, because the black people always what she said Have a chip um, on blaming their shoulder. the whitey. Yeah, blaming yeah. and she said blaming whitey. Uh, honey, see, I can't sit through conversations like this without using my favorite word. Why? And I've been at the, bitch, let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> y'all white asses have been playing the victim since y'all was lynching us. Oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well. So for her to sit there and make it seem like black people are all this, it's almost like they say, oh, this is what they do. This is what they do. Right. No, we're trying to fight, fight for for injustices. And it, I, I love that kids are now becoming a part of it. I just feel like we as older people have to teach the youth how to fight fairly because all they know how to do is kill you. We're going to kill you. <laughs> we just going to be in jail with Nate. Wow. You know, we got to teach them how to fight fairly. Like this man. I agree. Is. I mean, he kept this cool. He was, he was pissed, but he was able to at least <laughs> verbalize intelligently. Because I know I would have went out on the deep end. I would have went and just tied my hair up, put my it took my earrings off, gone <laughs> and put my Vaseline on my face, and finished the interview. Oh my goodness! And you know, but jail you know is what? for me. You know what? We have to remember that one of the things this show always talks about is real talk. Mm-hmm. And I thought mm-hmm. this was the perfect example of real talk. Because one thing I do applaud the female commentator for doing, she spoke what she meant. She spoke what she felt. And I think what it shows is there's a lack of understanding, not just by white people, because a lot of times it's the same thing for the black race as well and other ethnic groups. There's an overall lack of understanding of the black life experience, not black lives, but black life 
experience. You know, the, the daily struggle with racial disparity, racism, biases, racial profiling, all the things that an average black person goes through every day that other races don't experience or it's not as prevalent for them. And my thing is, in this whole discussion that went back and forth, back and forth, a lot of the issues were highlighted, that there is a certain majority that just doesn't get it. This chip on the shoulder thing, the black life movement, I think you said it uh, perfectly, Danielle, where you're saying they're tying two things together that have nothing to do with each other. In their mind, Mm -hmm. it does. It's that same old adage, you know, you blame people for this. You just won't get over it. Blah, blah, blah. You don't understand the black life experience. And to be honest, there's a lot of black people who don't understand the black life experience. Some of us become too successful. Some of us have too much money. Or maybe some of us were raised in privilege where we feel like we're above. And, you know, there is no such thing as racism. Trust me, if you go to the right place at the right time with the right people, there is still no such thing as racism that your money, your status, and your car, and your title cannot exempt you from. But I say this exactly. to say this. You know, what is the value? Each person needs to sit down, white, black, doesn't matter your race, and ask themselves, what value do you place on human life? And that's all human life, not the white hmm. life, not the life of your loved one, not the life of your child, but every human being. And I think some people, if they were honest, like at least one of the commentators in this uh, discussion, you have a value that you place on different lives. Because Mm -hmm. my biggest problem with the debate was, and a lot of the things I saw in the media, you missed the whole point that this was a child. Now, I don't care if she stabbed the teacher. I don't care if you cursed at the teacher. Whatever you did short of jumping out your chair and putting your hands on her or pulling out a weapon and threatening her, I don't feel there is ever an excuse for an officer of the law to come into any environment and grab a child that is sitting in her chair, her or his chair, violently yank them and drag them across the floor like a rag doll. We learned stuff later in the media about how she had recently become an orphan and different factors. All of that said, but if none of that existed, you don't have the right for someone sitting in a chair, a child, you're an officer of the law, to violently attack this child. She was a child. Mm -hmm. But again, it shows what value, little or none, that you place on human life and at least the life of this black child. So I think it was an honest discussion. It was a discussion that was necessary. I think more people, especially people across the racial line, should have more discussions like this because if nothing else, we can expose some of the issues and some of the thoughts that people have in between the races, which is a lot of the times the root cause of why we're still dealing with these issues because this should have never happened, never I agree, Alicia. I have <laughs> talked and I have talked until I'm tired of talking. They don't believe Amen. nothing I say. I think another problem that we aren't addressing is she said she was a former teacher, and that bothered me from a teacher's perspective because she made quite a few assumptions on this little girl. So I can only imagine what kind of assumptions she, she made to the children who came mm-hmm. in the class. And that's part of an issue that we have 
with teachers Especially black not children. being appropriately trained. Uh-huh. They need to have some kind of diversity, some kind of training um, where they actually work with teachers because they come in the classroom with their perspective of what black kids do, what white kids do, what girls, what boys do. And you need to understand how that being in your psyche caused you to mistreat a child, not teach a child the same way you will teach another child because you have assumptions about her. And she made very clear assumptions about a girl she Uh knew nothing about, and that scared me because I cannot imagine how she treated other students in her classroom. Yes. Yes, but you know, we—I just think we could never have a training such as that, because especially when you say things as diversity training, diversity mm-hmm. training to me is always done wrong, and I laugh at that on most jobs. You know, we have a diverse environment. Diversity is not the number on the demographics of people you have that represent every ethnic group. That's not diversity. So I think a lot of people do not understand the concept of diversity, nor are they qualified to effectively teach it past demographics and numbers. And I think Mm. people like her are allowed to be in those environments because a lot of times the administration supports that point of view and they hold the same one with you. And we have this, you know, this group or whatever, I'm not going to just say white, But this group, whether it's a a socioeconomic group, whatever the status is, we are here to help these poor, little, inner-city children. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to embrace the proper program to dispel that type of mentality to do exactly what you're saying. I think it's really needed. But I don't think it's going to be embraced and done the right way. You're just going to get another one of you that hold that same thinking, thinking, to teach some textbook theory that is not going to be effective because you're not going to embrace it and actually implement it. Well, it's, it's just insane. Something has to change, though. I think we got to oh, find absolutely. some way to hold teachers accountable because I have heard stories of children who feel like they've been mistreated, and I've mm-hmm. seen cases of it in my teaching career and something has to be done. If it's not a diversity training, they need to do some kind of training or some kind of free screening or something to determine what kind of values this teacher is bringing in the classroom that is going to affect the masses of children that they work with and they encounter, because that's a problem. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And widespread. Mm-hmm. Well. Yes. Well, I have another topic (laughs) to bring to the table, (laughs) and it's kind of aligned with another concern that I had this week with the news. So I'm not sure Uh if many of you are aware, but there's an Illinois cop who was supposedly Killed, and he made this little message saying he was going after three individuals. And then when they found him, he was shot, and it was assumed he was killed. And as the narrative went on, Black Lives Matter had something to do with it. And it became this whole Black Lives Matter is killing the cops, and the cops aren't being hunted. And then it comes to find out he didn't kill himself. He came up with this 
Yeah, he killed. He committed suicide, and he planned it out. Like, he planned the message. He planned how he was going to do wow. it to make it look like something. I think we I, have a clip. Yeah, let's play the clip. Less than. Official says Illinois cop in hash X two seven semi colon s death that led to a manhunt was a suicide. Today dot com. Watch today's Al Roker trek across the country with Roker in two. Menu. Today dot com. NBCNEWS dot com. Follow us. Search. Video. KLG in order. Orange room. Less than. I don't know what was the issue with that clip, but um, you let us know about that one, uh, Danielle. I think you had some more information. So, I'm not sure. My yeah, we question, had technical difficulty with that one. Mm-hmm. So, um, my question to you, you all, the panel, is... What does the Black Lives Matter require or deserve an apology from Fox News for making statements like the Black Lives Matter is the cause of this? Oh, I tell you, that Fox News is something great to me. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you, when you want slaps and laughs and giggles and tiggles, you turn on the Fox News. They have it every day, every show. I believe that the black, I don't think the Black Lives Matter need an p- apology. I think everybody in the world needs an apology. <laughs> because this was such a crazy event. When I saw this, and then my thing was, if you notice, they did a humongous service for him. Uh-huh. And then my thing is, now this wife, does she get all of the insurance money? <laughs> Actually, no, because if they can prove when the investigation is over, if they prove that it was a suicide, they rule it a suicide, she's not going to get the full portion of benefits. Well, she don't. She she and it really it's really bad on his legacy because this right. man went through so much just to make sure. This mm-hmm. looked like he was killed. So my question then, is why? Like, why go through all that, though? Just to prove a point. Well, I can tell you what's the point with that one. And I think a little bit of the background on it was really said. This was a man that was just heralded herald in the community for all the great work that he did, all the great work he did with kids, all the great work he did with the community for years. They loved him. He was called the G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when you saw that big funeral and they had all the posters and everything, you know, they were just in mourning, especially when he said that he, you know, before he died, he called in on the radio saying he was chasing three people. I know he said at least one of them was black. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, this felt like the Susan Smith story. You know, if you remember, Susan Smith was the woman who drowned her three-year-old and her 14-month-old, but she blamed it initially on a black man that carjacked her and kidnapped the kid. Mm -hmm. Um, But as we got further in the story about the Illinois cop, the beloved officer had actually stole money to pay Mm -hmm. for things like the investigation. 
Yeah. And he was so paying his invest- he was paying his mortgage too. Mm-hmm. Well, so as the investigation was coming, like a lot of people, you know, some people they leave a job when the stuff about to hit the fan. Um, I don't know if maybe there was some mental illness going on or some other issues, but I guess he decided to kill himself. And you know, this sounds sick, but we've heard stories before where people decide to um actually kill themselves and make it look like a, a murder so that mm. the insurance policy would pay off and their mm. family would have a certain amount of money. And so for I me, think I believe time by, he... we really gonna find some stuff. And I think that he felt because he knew they were coming on to him and he was, his gig was about to be blown about this money that he was stealing mm-hmm. from um, a charity organization that supports police officers' uh, mentoring program at that. Um, I felt he knew that it was almost, they was on to him, so he wanted to leave on a high. Right. Mm-hmm. And what better way than to say a Negro killed you? I can't say for sure that his his objective was to make it look bad for Black Lives Matter. But I was upset that Fox News took that approach because that made it seem like it it hindered the movement and it also put other people's lives at risk because Mm -hmm. there were it was a a manhunt, an expensive manhunt looking for these individuals who potentially killed him. So uh-huh. the police officers are already feeling like, oh, my God, they killed an officer. So they're in heightened alert, and they could have uh-huh. went and ran up on someone who they assumed killed this man, and they would have killed the innocent person. Yep, on taxpayer dollars. Mm-hmm. Right. Not to mention the manpower you have to collect it away yep. from real cases in the community. While you're, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, searching for these people for him. Right. Maybe he liked Tupac and he ain't really dead. This was just a scheme. You know, oh, no, he I was dead. He dead. That angle. Like, did he, he have dead. an open casket? Is he dead for real? Look, <laughs> if exactly. he ain't dead, I guarantee you he shot himself down. <laughs> or maybe it's a twin. I don't know. Uh, it's just a Yes. Well, on a lighter note, um, oh, okay. a ago, we talked about Khloe Kardashian and Lamar Odom and how basically, you know, everyone called this this divine intervention for them to get back huh. together, blah, blah, blah. Well, <laughs> Khloe was seen at James, James Harden, who was her basketball playing boyfriend, she went to his game. Mind you, Lamar is still recovering or trying to recover or, you know, doing what he's doing. And, you know, everyone was saying, well, basically, you know, them calling off the divorce, are they going to get back together? Um. So how do you guys feel about that? You know, we were getting divorced. We had this near-death incident. We're not going to get a divorce, but I'm still going to keep my boyfriend on the side. Oh, God, I just want to go into a chorus of let the church say amen. <laughs> that, that's I all I, if I could sing. <laughs> if I could sing, I would just sing let the church say amen. 
Because I want to go on record. Somebody find a clip of the show from that last episode. I didn't think this was the act of God. I know I said that. And you know I, I did not too. Think, I thank you. This ain't yet God didn't have nothing to do with this mess. Now you see why. But, why? Why, Alicia? Why? 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 Because you went to the game. What they doing at the game? What were they doing at the game? <laughs> See, I was gonna say, say real. I was trying to say you was wrong. I've been trying to save my voice, but you had to make me do it. <laughs> what, 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 you, what you? What you? What you? have to say, Will? Because you feel hey. like you feel in some kind of way. I am, and I wish I had the strength to really put in words what I want to say. Oh, but I know that you can feel exactly what I want to say. <laughs> but well, just because she went, I mean, the situation was they separated because of a situation oh. that went on. Um, she got with this other dude, and tragedy okay. happened in her relationship. She still was in love with Lamar. He was still in love with her. And you don't forget, you may fall out of love with somebody but you still love them. So she went back to them. Whatever transpired between them, he may have yeah, thought he was going to die. He wanted to leave things with her. He trusted yeah, her to take care yeah. of him. They postponed the I hear you. I hear you. They postponed <laughs> the divorce. Okay. She went to go to the game. I mean, she didn't forget about the guy. But still, the story is, is yet to to, un, to unveil. So we'll see. We'll see who gets the well, last laugh, Miss Alicia. Well, well yes. that was so yes. Honey, that was so beautiful. Boo, that was... Ooh, I okay. mean, that was like the beautiful gift packaging that's just wrapped with that pretty silky satin bow on top. Okay, but mm. now for the real, for the real, for the real. Um, I think Chloe made the right decision. I mean, you know, he's your estranged husband, but to call off the divorce. Smart. That is your husband. I mean, at the end of the day, um. The, the divorce ain't final, and because it's not right. final, you are the legal person. You got to take care of the decision. He was in the hospital. So I agree with what she said when people questioned her about that. You know, it's not saying we're back together, but this wasn't the best time for a divorce. Right. Okay, I got right. that. But at the same time, people, when, you know, this came out, people, oh, my goodness, what is she doing? It, Honey, she already went on Instagram and dropped her last name. Okay, I sold them and just went back to Kardashian. So, she's done. This was a person I was in a relationship with, you know, because between separation and divorce, people do move on. Because in their hearts, I've walked away from this person. We're going through the issue of divorce. And, yes, I agree that in divorce court, people have gotten back together. The divorce decree is final, and they don't sign the papers, and they go ahead and turn that thing around. But also, this woman, in my opinion, has moved on. So, she traveled for her booze basketball game. Don't mean I'm in love with my ex-husband because of counsel divorce. Just mean I realize this is not a good time for a divorce. I got to help him with the, making these health decisions in case something turned wrong. Okay, he out the hospital. Hallelujah, praise you, Jesus. Now I can go back to my bill. We'll pick up this divorce thing in a minute. black men? Because they like black men. The whole family likes black men. <laughs> that's, 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 that's what I got an issue with. Why are these white girls just dating these white, these black men? And why are these white girls getting these big old booties? I don't understand what is going on. Is it the monkey bread or is it the collard greens? I just don't get what is going on in this new culture. You know what? You know what? 
Well, you know they say the black of the berry sweet the juice, so I can't blame you for uh, liking black men. I can't, I can't blame you for liking black men, honey. Ain't nothing wrong with some chocolate, but uh, you know, I, I you know what? The, I'm about to start thing. a new movement. Here we go. And it's going to be called it, Black Men Matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, what, I hope you do start that movement because if the cops got anything to do with it, these cricket cops. Honey, they're going to tell they're you they don't, and that's why they're killing them all. There you go. Mm. Father and God. <laughs> Anybody else want to talk about the Cory Kardashian issue that got Will so upset? Uh, well, when I was reviewing the story, I happened to think about James in the mix and how this guy is a pretty cool dude to sit around and let his lady go care for her ex in the way he did. And I noticed at the end of the article there was a quote that says, and I quote, if it's ever too overwhelming for him, then I understand that as well. And I just pondered at what point will it become under overwhelming for James? Is is she going to continue to go back and forth? Is she popping in when it's convenient, or how is that working? I, I just I'm I don't curious. mean no harm. I don't mean no harm. Maybe I'm too suspicious. No, yeah, yeah. I don't even, you know, shut up, Will. We don't know these people, you know. But when I read that article, all I could think of is, are you that understanding, or you got somebody on the side, too? <laughs> are you that committed, or are you one of um NBA players that you got like twenty other chicks, as I'm gonna mention with somebody later, um, and one of the trending topics. But are you not understand that, or you just got your booze too? So, Alicia, you know. I and never do you met think she's white too? <laughs> Hello, thank you, Alicia. I think what? you are an angry black woman. I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say it, but the more I talk to you, I think you are an angry black woman. The more I look at your picture, I see you are an angry black woman. My picture don't show nothing about no angry, so the only thing I'm black. It's frowning now. You were smiling a minute ago. No. Okay. No, he can email us all the time about why Alicia's so angry. <laughs> I got it's thousands of right. emails. <laughs> oh,
question, you're going to say I'm an angry black woman for this, too. But this don't make no sense. Yes. Halloween. Mm -hmm. This Halloween, fam, Mariah Carey dressed up in a diva witch costume along with her billionaire boyfriend, James Packer, her ex-husband, Nick Cannon, and their twins, Moroccan and Moreau. And in signature Mariah Carey style, she and Nick even took the twins trick-or-treating in a golf course, a golf cart before they could kick off their party festivities. So my question is, could you party like a rock star with your kids, ex-husband, and your new, I'll say your new partner? Because it could Absolutely. be a guy with his new chick or a girl with her new, okay, well, why? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. I mean, if you're, you if you're a friend, if you're, <clears throat> it depends. I mean, I couldn't do it right after we broke up. No, not the next day. Hell no. Mm-hmm. But you get to a point if it was if your relationship was founded on friendship and you develop a friendship that still is going to remain once those other feelings are out of the way. Okay, okay so Honey, if you ain't an you. angry black woman that want to punch them in the eye, I guess See? you can do stuff like that. Okay, because you're still holding on. <laughs> you're still holding on. Just for you, because of what you said, just for you. I'm not an angry black. <laughs> but y'all are missing I the am point. Joyful. What, what's the y'all point, Nate? What's the point? You said. Made? It was Mariah Carey, her ex-husband, and yes. her current billionaire boyfriend. Please, <laughs> we better fly, we ding, about to fly ding, out. Ding. Do you hear me? We about to go get turned up as a family. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask y'all, can I stay with y'all tonight? You know what? <laughs> yeah, when I saw that, I'm like, you know what? I'm the sad thing is he is not lying. Billionaire boy, Lord. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's all of this family love. Like, you know what? Let, let me show you what happens when you leave me, <laughs> what God replaced you with. Let me just show you how we spend our billions. Go on, bring them children. Okay, bring the children. Yeah, we're going to pretend it's like a family. But what I'm really trying to show you is your replacement. Boo! That's what I think she was doing. But you know what? Maybe we just going to paint this. It was a whole family island. Look what God can do. Ain't that What? What you, you think, Liz? had to build up to that. I don't see a Liz. problem with it. Exactly. That that, it's a part of maturity. Well, that's where y'all two are one and the same, Liz and Will. Kevin Hart. No, because Kevin Hart is a perfect example of co-parenting with his ex-wife yeah. and his fiance. I mean, you see stuff, and I mean, it took a while, like Will said. It's not mm-hmm. going to happen the next day because I'm going to still be salty. Like, you right. know, after time, you see when he has the kids' birthday parties, you know, you see her, mm-hmm. you know, who is the ex-wife, and you see this new woman. So I feel like, I mean, that's that's the reality of when you break up with someone you have kids with. Most likely you and them are going to move on, and nobody wants to sit and argue and beef with your new and you know what? all day. It don't even have to be kids. It could be dogs. <laughs> I'm in court now behind dogs. I can't I can't you know even what? see my dog. You know but, what? you know, we're praying on that situation, and I'm fixing things Did here at the house. Really the I'm having their room anyway? built. Excuse me? Did you really see the dog anyway? Did you really? Well, I was always anyway? working. I had to work. I wasn't right. able so to sit home and take But now you want joint custody. Okay. Angry. Just angry. I don't get it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have, Just angry. We have a caller on the line. You can't have my dog. 
Nick, we don't have time for callers tonight. I'm sorry. We have a caller on the line. Nick, we don't have time for callers tonight. Y'all are horrible. What is this caller? Caller, you on the line. Is that the dog? I hear the dog. Yes, they the caller. I'm going to speak going for on. the dog, the, the caller. You, you're the translating? Line. Okay. <laughs> yes, because it's a different speech. Now, what was said, sugar? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he don't have a bed. Do you have I a have bed? I have a bed. The bed is, I ordered a bed a couple <laughs> months ago. It hasn't come yet. Oh, he hasn't come. Well, when it comes. Let the dog oh, know. Oh, ay, 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 ay. I think that's a good point, though. I'm just saying, you, you at work all I the time, ain't like you going to be able to. You at work all the time, man. ain't like you going to be able to really see the dog, so the dog going to be abandoned, just so you can say you about to retire. <laughs> yeah, okay. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Speaking of what retiring, this mm-hmm. brings me to my next story. Okay. About the Bill Cosby scandal. So there was a young lady that wrote into this um, public, what is it called? Like a paper. I'm trying to get the name of it. I I want to misquote it. I want to use the details to get the name. Yeah, I got to get the name of it. Free Your Mind. It's a publication, Uh, online publication called Free Your Mind. Um, and she was talking about she had went to California mm-hmm. for a casting call. Um, she's a model, and they was casting her for this green light project. So when she got there, um, it was a it was a casting call for a movie allegedly that Bill Cosby was doing. So. Um, she didn't quite understand what was her her position or what she was her role in this project, so she wanted to meet with Mr. Cosby. Okay. So when they and they were offering her just for this role, she was going to get five thousand dollars. So okay. They said, she said, well, I want to meet with Mr. Cosby. And it was like, no, that's not going to happen. This is an impromptu um, um, not, it was an audition. Thank you so much, Will. It's this week. You're welcome. Always here. Always here. So it was, she, it was an audition that it was an impromptu audition, and she was like, this just never happens. You're either auditioning or you're not auditioning, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they, so when she told them, she said, okay, I, I'm not going to be able to do it. They said, we would give you $5,000 to do it. We'll give you another $5,000 for if you take compromising pictures oh. and give us some sperm. So she was like, "What?" And they said, "Then we would give you five thousand dollars once it come when it once the movie come out." What? So then she was like, "What are you talking about?" So she went to the restroom and she left. But she told him she was going to the restroom, but she really left. And then okay. that's when she found out that they were paying for her 
where the guy eventually t- called the she said it was a Caucasian guy and a Chinese guy, and the Chinese man told her that they were paying models to extort money from Bill Cosby. So then it went back to Janice Dickerson, and um, that she w- that she was one of them. And then another young lady named Judith Judith Hutt. Hutt. <clears throat> huh. She um, they said that she spent two days with Bill Cosby, and allegedly huh. both days she was drugged up. That just don't make sense. So my question to the panel is. Do you believe, even though we don't want to take light from the fact of what happened, because I'm sure, I mean, he agreed that he worried, he he was using drugs to get women, but do you think that uh, this is wrong? What they're doing now is wrong, and should Bill Cosby now be let off the hook because so many people that have came forward have been found out to be untrue. I feel like they already destroyed Bill Cosby, though. Like, I I don't know how he would come back from that. Like, they took him off so many boards of education, and, you know, the Cosby show don't play no more. Like, I mean, I feel like even if, even if everybody who says, hey, he didn't do anything to me comes forward, it's already in people's minds that this is something yeah. he was maybe capable of. But also, I mean, his life is old. Not his life. I mean, he was old, yes, but his legend has been ruined. His legacy, exactly. Yeah, his legacy. But, you know, it's so. what's so funny is when I was reading um, this article, do you know that in the history of philanthropy, no one, and I mean no one here on earth, has given more to college for black funding than Bill than Bill Cosby alone. Wow. Alone. His name alone has given more money to black college than anyone has ever given to colleges in the history of philanthropy. But do you know now that all of this is coming forward and they're so loud, this is the time for all of those people that he helped to come forward and to speak on his behalf. Exactly. That's a, yeah. Well, well, well. Here she you comes. know, no. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here she comes. <laughs> you know what? Angry. <laughs> you won't pay for this. I am just so torn on this story. I mean, my thing is, it's heartbreaking. Because you can see it from both ways. I mean, this would be, if what they're saying is true. This would not be the first time in history that someone has done a massive conspiracy theory where they've done it so well that when you see the evidence, when you see the number of people that come out, you're just like, oh, there's no way in the world that many people would have that to say, and all of them have the same story. Of course he did, or of course that person did it, only to find out so many years later the person did not do it. Or didn't do it on that level All of these people were paid to say that So it wouldn't be the first time It also wouldn't be the first time That someone used that excuse And another person was paid to lie To say they had been paid When this person is actually guilty So 
my thing is, whether he did or he didn't do it, as you said, no one has given more money to black colleges than Bill Cosby. His legacy of the good works he did has been dismantled. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, this is one of the things where he will be remembered for. Now, exactly. I understand what Will said about, you know, all the people over the years that, you know, have been friends of his and supporters of his, this is the time they need to come out. Well, I'm not so sure about that. Because you remember Jill Scott was one of the first mm-hmm. people to come out and say, you know, she was in support of him, y'all are wrong, y'all shouldn't do this. And then when additional women came out, she retracted that and said, I'm sorry. Well, I'm not saying speak on that matter. I'm talking about his his legacy extends far past this incident. As heinous as it may be, if all of it proves out to be true, he's done so much more. And I'm talking about people mm-hmm. need to address the things that he's done for them. Not address the situation. Leave the situation alone. Get let, Let's put this to the side. But he's done so much other things to for, for humankind and for the world in general. Those people need to come forward with their stories. And some of them have to come forward with that if they feel like what you're currently involved in is in a scandal, it's not yeah. for something they support. They're not going like, to It has nothing to do with what he did for you, though. Yeah, because Keisha Knight Pullum came out, and she was on the Cosby Show, and she specifically said, I can't speak to what you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. Because that's not the man that I know. The exactly. man that I know did not do those kinds of things. So, like, those kinds of speaking out about what you know about I would appreciate. I, I yeah. don't want someone coming out saying something that's not true. If you know this man to have been good to you, then bring that to the light. I agree with Alicia. In 2015, it's hard to believe anything. Um, mm-hmm. For me, and when I listened to the story at first, when women were first coming about, I was like, mm, this doesn't sound right, because I was right. also aware that he was creating another network similar to Oprah, or at least he was trying right. to create mm-hmm. something similar mm-hmm. to what Oprah had that was going to be positive for black people. So mm-hmm. when they knew that, I was like, hmm, I wonder if this has anything to do. But when so right. many women came out, then I started being concerned. So at this point, I don't know one way or the other because I wasn't in the room (laughs) to Uh say what happened and what didn't happen. What I am concerned about, though, is if people are saying that something happened that did not happen, they should be charged with a crime because there's so many women here, including myself, who have been victimized. And so when you come out and you lie about someone doing something to you, uh, for whatever uh. reason, for whatever dollars, you dismiss it for people like me who have actually yep. been raped. So that's yes. my problem with the whole story and the way the media is portraying it. It's not helping women who are actually hurt and harmed. And exactly. Yes. And see, I don't think the media even thinks of that. And that was one of the things that the article even spoke about, how mm-hmm. the media have used things such as this to heighten it, just to kill mm-hmm. or defame black people. And they, they spoke about, um, even with Malcolm X, they spoke about Martin Luther King, the Black Panther movement. They spoke about Mike Brown. Um, they spoke about even Black Wall Street, how the media, they use different situations to heighten it so it can kill the ideal or the person behind the ideal. 
You remember um, there was a TV show. I'm trying to think of the name of it. It was with a white guy, and he admitted to being a pedophile and messing with oh little my kids. God. Um, you, you, yep, that guy. And they were talking about how his show is still being aired, and he admitted really? to yes, admitted to it. Okay, so like the the contrast for me is bothersome. Because if he's doing that and he admitted to it and their show is still being aired, then the Cosby show should still be aired. Because the Cosby show was not just Bill Cosby. It was Bill Cosby, Felicia Rashad, um, Keisha Knight Pullum, and on and on and on. So those individuals are being hindered for one man, and that's not fair. I didn't know that Seventh Heavens was still being aired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Wow! They put it back on. Okay. But that just that just goes back to show us who's in control. Mm-hmm. Well. But I well. just want y'all to know that God is still in the control of the universe. <laughs> just thought I'd throw that in. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, a couple of weeks ago, um, Kim Kardashian she turned thirty-five, and um, she had posted on. It's actually been on a lot of the shows that she opened up about some of the lessons that she's learned in the 35 years that she's um, been alive. Um, some of them were funny. Some of them were kind of serious. Um, she said she learned how to strike the perfect pose for taking her um, selfies. She knows her angles. She knows when to wake up early. She knows to put family first always. Um, she even got a little sentimental and said that love is more than a feeling. It's a choice. Choose to be loyal to the ones you love. So I want to know, looking back over your life, um, I'm not going to ask you to name all your years, but what are some three of the top lessons, life lessons that you've learned, hmm. Alicia? <laughs> oh, I was not going to thank you. Um, <laughs> I to raise my mind. Number one, um, and I am so serious about this because it's part of my message, it's part of my platform. Um, you were born with a purpose that has the potential to transform the entire world once you walk fully in it. Two, what God has for you is for you. And the focus should be less on what others think of you and more on what he wants from you. And then third, the greater the struggle, the larger the payoff, but the larger the audience he wants you to share your testimony with. Mm-hmm. That would be my story. I like that. I like that. Okay. All right, I'm going to go to that. <laughs> um, I'll do mine. Mine is, the first one is that I am so much stronger than I, I think and ever give myself credit for. Um, mm-hmm. Life has pretty much thrown me some of its best punches, and I'm still here. I'm still standing. So I realize, like you said, I'm here for a purpose. Number two, in the end, God is going to get his way. I've learned that the hard way, you know, you can either come quietly or you can come fighting, but either way you're going to come. So um, I've been one to run from things he tells me to do, and, you know, in the end I have to come back with my tail, you know, between my legs. But he's going to get his way in the end. And then last, always trust your your instinct, your gut, Um, that, that little steel, soft voice. That thing some people always refer to. I was talking to Alicia about it as something, something. You know, something told me to do this. Something told me not to do that. Something told me not to trust this person. Um, <laughs> Nate's stupid, 
but um, that I, I'm learning to trust my instinct. We're going to talk about it a little bit later. Um, Serena Williams, who um, also did it, but I'm just learning to trust that still soft voice because I'm learning now. It's not just my gut; it's the Holy Spirit, you know, yeah. giving me advice, telling me which way I should go, which way I shouldn't go, more, more, more um, intentionally not to go that way. So those are my three. Mm-hmm. Nate, mm-hmm. what about you? Well, my first one is you got to know when to hold them. Oh, know when. Ah. Yes, sir. Come on now. You got to know when to fold them and know when to ah. walk away. That's hey. the first thing that I've learned. My second thing that I've learned in life, William, and I have lived a very short life because I'm young. That's right, 38. The thing that I've learned is you have to puff, puff, and give. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was puff puff It was puff puff Okay. Uh-uh-uh. See, that's the problem. Puff puff and fasting. I think you have to puff puff and give. Oh. And then my my second thing that I've learned in life is why have so many white girls got me oh about Oh, we're going to get in trouble from the white girl, Big Booty Coalition. <laughs> My God. Oh, my goodness. What's number three, Nate? What's number three? That was number three. Oh, okay. Thank you so much. Danielle. <laughs> All right. It's hard to follow up after Nate because Nate's three had me over here laughing in tears almost because <laughs> he is too much. But... Okay, my first one would be, do you, the rest will follow. Uh, because for a long time, I, I like needed that. to tailor myself so that I would fit in. Um, and I don't fit yeah. in. If you know me, you know I'm, I'm a little different. But it's okay, because my difference is my blessing. And, and it's Come all right for me to just be me, and everything else will fall in line if I do that. Another one Great. for me is the importance of failing until I succeed and understanding that you have to fail sometimes before you reach to success. So that's all right. I'm, I'm going to keep failing until I succeed. I'm going to keep mm-hmm. bringing it, keep bringing it, keep bringing it. Okay. And the last one for me is not to be afraid to ask for help because I am one of the people who struggle with the superwoman complex. I think mm. I'm supposed to do everything for everybody, and I don't like I that for help. Myself. So I have to remind myself in life that it's okay to ask for help and not be superwoman. Yes. Good job, Danielle. Yes. And Liz? Mm-hmm. You guys are so deep. <laughs> deep. <laughs> God. Tom, say <laughs>
the situation where I have to make that decision again, and it's like, okay, well, you did make the right decision the first time, but you could have, and you mm-hmm. could have cut out all of this. So, I mean, yep. following your gut, you you know you know how you feel, and you know it's still. Mm-hmm. And I guess my third one would be, um, I don't know, I guess it's not as bad as it could be. Um, and that one is one that hit me. I had to get a reality check today because I'm driving, and I'm complaining, I'm Oh, I have to do this and that. And I drive by a park that has at least 200 to 300 people, and they're waiting in line for food. And I'm like, Mm. wow, you know, I'm complaining about stupid stuff. You know, but I have a car to drive. I have somewhere to lay my head. You know, I went grocery shopping. You know, I'm not standing in a park at 8 o'clock in the morning, you know, waiting for a hot meal that might be my hot meal, my only hot meal the whole week. You know, so yeah. I always like to remind myself that things could be so much worse than what they are. Right. So true. That was deep, Liz. Yeah, that was oh, good. Oh, thank you, girl. <laughs> Y'all don't make me cry. Y'all better Damn stop it. it. Y'all know I'm emotional except for some people that call me angry. Angry. Anywho. Well, I do want to tell y'all of a really sad story that happened here in Virginia, um, in Chesapeake, matter of fact, given the topic of one of our conversations tonight um, with on autism. There was a young, little boy who went missing, and he was yeah. three years old, and he was oh, wow. autistic. And, you know, they had this really big search out for him, looking for him, and they found him in the swamp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're, they've, they've set up a Go, GoFundMe page. Um, it's, it's very sad. So I hope that our, our guest tonight can shed some light for us on, you know, autism and, you know, what what we need to look out for with children of autism. Yes. Exactly. Absolutely. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back. We have Christine Pazzaretti, who um, is going to talk to us and um, give us a little bit of information about autism and um what we can do to be better informed on the condition. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Let's Face It. Hello there, this is Nat King Cole wishing you all a happy and a Merry Christmas. The joy of living is in the giving. So let's give lots of toys for tots, toys, toys, toys for tots. Some have too many, some haven't any. If those who have, give those who haven't, oh, what a Christmas day. The Marine Reserve will help you, will help you fill your sleigh with lots and lots of toys for tots. So give a little toy today. Since 1947, the United States Marine Corps has been helping Santa fill his sleigh, making happier holidays for deserving children right in your community. Go to toysfortots.org and learn how you can make a difference. Every child needs a place, a place to call home. To call home. Every child needs a place. Where they can grow up healthy 
and learn and be safe. Think a place where they can play and dream and plan for their future. In the Habitat house, my parents helped build. In the Habitat house, my daddy helped build. My parents. My mommy. My mommy and daddy. I study. I grow. I learn. I live. A house. A house. A house. A chance. A future. A house. A chance. A future. Are all in your hands. Your support can help. Put a decent roof. Over the heads of a family like mine. Like mine. Like mine. To learn how you can help, visit Habitat.org. I'm a firefighter. A teacher. I'm a farmer. I'm a barber. A waitress. A mom. We're all part of your community. Every day we move in and out of each other's busy lives. It's easy to take for granted all the little moments that make up our everyday. Some are good, others not so much. But that's life. It's when you experience a moment of uncertainty, something or someone's behavior that doesn't seem quite right. These are the moments to take a pause. Because if something doesn't feel right, it's probably not. It's not about paranoia. Or being afraid. It's about standing up and protecting our communities. One detail at a time. Because a lot of little details can become a pattern. We. 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 We trust our instincts. Just like you should. Because only you know what's not supposed to be in your everyday. So protect your everyday. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. show topic is all about autism and you know more than 3.5 million Americans live with an autism spectrum disorder these are things that I found out in my research and also there's a prevalence in the United States of every one in 68 births and I was also shocked to know that boys are actually four times more likely to have autism than girls so here to share more information with us is Christine Pazzaretti she's a board-certified behavior analyst and a consultant for families um, of children with autism and related disorders. She has over 15 years' experience setting up and running high-quality home-based programs um, for children on the spectrum. Help me welcome to the show Ms. Christine Pazzaretti. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, let's just jump right into it. What, exactly what is autism? So autism is sort of an umbrella term for um, a group of complex disorders of brain development. Uh, There's characteristics in three main areas. The first area is social interaction. So a child or a person diagnosed with autism will have difficulties forming relationships or interacting socially. They may have a hard time um, carrying on a conversation or behaving appropriately in in a group of people, um, they may have a difficulties uh, reading body language or emotions of others and empathizing with others. Um, people with autism also have some kind of communication delay, whether it's receptive or expressive. So that means uh, they may have difficulties communicating verbally. We, some 
I think 25% of children with autism um, have significant language delays. Um, mm, okay. uh, and, you know, sometimes they have to communicate in other ways, like through a communication device uh, or via sign language. Uh, and then the third main area is in behaviors. They usually have repetitive and sometimes ritualistic behaviors. So that's sort of the trademark you know, body rocking or hand clapping that you sometimes see people with autism portrayed with. It can also be in terms of having routines that they have to follow, um, and if they don't, they have, you know, a meltdown or difficulties functioning. So those are sort of the three main characteristics of symptoms. Right. So someone who has autism, really looking at them physically, you can't tell. It's not like... Down syndrome, where they have like physical characteristics. No, yeah, you're definitely right. Um, people often say about autism that it's kind of like snowflakes. No two children with autism look alike. You can have a child diagnosed with autism that is overly verbal, you know, talks all day long, and then you can have another child with autism who isn't able to speak at all, both with the same diagnosis. So. You know, it it really varies widely in how it presents in each individual case. Oh, okay. And you're also a behavior analyst for the Mayo Lofa Autism Support Center, which is in Chesapeake, Virginia. Tell us a little bit about the center and what you do there. Um, so I started the center um, 10 years ago in January uh, with a parent of a child with autism. And we started the center because, we saw a large population of children with autism who were not able to access services due to lack of funding. Mm-hmm. So we started um, Mayalofa Autism Support Center. Mayalofa means gift of love. Uh, and gift we started of love? It. Uh-huh. Okay, wonderful. And we started it so that we could assist families that were in need that may not have the funding resources to be able to pay for the therapy that um, is, has, found, has been found to be most effective for children with autism, which is um, ABA, or Applied Behavior Analysis. Oh, okay. That is so interesting. It is. This is Alicia Brown. And, Christine, I want to really thank you for coming on the show tonight. Um, I know in our area in Virginia, there were a couple accidents or incidents in the past few weeks um, of children that, you know, autistic children that lost their life um, due to wandering. Um, could you explain to us some of the dangers and risks for autistic children as it pertains to wandering? Sure. Um, that's definitely been in the news lately, and it's always a big concern in sort of the autism community. But it's not of, like, general knowledge to people a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, children with autism are very prone to wandering, so that can be because they're going towards something. So they see mm-hmm. something that's interesting, and they leave, you know, the the their parents or the where they were previously, or it can be to escape something like sensory input that's too overwhelming, loud noises or something that scares mm. them. Um, and the big danger with children with autism with wandering is that often, unlike a neurotypical child, they don't stop at a certain distance and think, oh, I better check in with mom or... I better, you know, go back to where I started. They continue to follow that interest or try to escape that um, sensory input that's bothering them and don't really have those 
safety boundaries that will tell them that set or set off warning signals in a neurotypical child's head. Mm-hmm. Um, the other main danger with wandering beyond um, beyond just not being able to find them is that children with autism are very drawn to water. Oh. So, yeah. Um, so the two cases that have happened recently in the Hampton Roads area, both of those children drowned. Right. And, um, because they found a watery area. They, you know, thought, yay, water, I'm going to play. Right. And then um, we're not able to get out of the water. So, wow. you know, there's a big push right now, and that's one of the reasons we wanted to talk to you guys and sort of get the word out to sort of tell them, tell people out there about the dangers of wandering for children with autism mm-hmm. and what families can do to sort of help prevent that. Yeah, because I think in the stories, a lot of the feedback I heard, you know, people are just, well, how can you, you know, how, how come you weren't watching the child? Um, how did that person get out of your sight? And some of the information you just provided explains, one, why the child would wander. You know, and I think a lot of people don't understand. Well, you know, they got near water. They, they, you know, were getting in the water. Why didn't they realize there was danger? Um, so thank you for that insight. Yeah, but, and I think, too, you know, I hear that a lot, too. You know, how did they get away from you? Mm-hmm. You're not, you know, you must not have been watching closely enough. And really, um, you know, anybody that's a parent, one, knows that it just takes a second to turn away. And yes. children are very resourceful. And children with autism are especially resourceful. They have excellent problem-solving skills, and they're able um, to figure out a way to get to where they want to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes, you know, that works to their benefit, and sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can definitely, and I have, you know, I work with probably uh, around 80 families currently in the Hampton Roads area, and I have many families that have had experiences with wandering or we call it elopement. Um, and some families, you know, have taken extreme measures to prevent that behavior and it still can happen. So it's wow. definitely something to be very careful about. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're big proponents of putting in safety measures in case a wandering incident does occur. So what are some of the things that families with children that have autism, what can they do to reduce their chances of wandering and then the risks that are associated with it? Well, there's a number of things they can do. Um, The first, obviously, is they can secure their homes. So putting locks that are high up, making sure windows are closed and locked at all times, Um, having uh, alarms on your doors so that when a door opens, a chime goes off alerting you that, you know, a child may have left the home. Um, even just putting stop signs on all of the exits. Um, okay. Some, sometimes kids with autism, we can teach them to respond to a stop sign so that they would, you know, maybe see that and that would signal, okay, that's a boundary I can't cross. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's sometimes something we teach our clients with autism. Um We always recommend if a family has a child with autism that, has ever had any sort of propensity towards wandering, we recommend um, some kind of tracking device. Uh, the local sheriff's departments in this area uh, offer a program called Project Lifesaver. 
Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and that is a device that is either an anklet or a bracelet that the child wears um, and allows the police to immediately locate them if they do wander away from their parents or their caregivers. Oh, really? Yeah, so. Now, wow. just off off the cuff, on average, what is the price for something like that? So uh, many of the cities in this area offer it for free. Uh, you have to contact your local oh. sheriff de- sheriff's department, but they will provide the device, and then any, you know, searches that result from using the device are obviously covered by the sheriff's department. Some cities do charge a fee. It can be up to um, $350 for the actual device, and then, like, a fee of between 10 and $20 a month. Okay. Um, but there are funding sources. Medicaid will cover Project Lifesaver. Um, there's some private grants that you can apply for that will cover Project Lifesaver. And, you know, honestly, if we're looking at your child's life, I think $300, even if the, you do have to pay the $300, that's worth it, you know? Right. And to yeah. know that there's resources like that out there. Um, so that's really great information. And I just wanted to ask you one other thing on that topic. You know, is autism a condition that's lifelong, or is there a possible cure for this? So there's no cure for autism. It is a lifelong condition. You can, some people with autism do get to the point where they're functioning in the natural environment without support. They have jobs, they have families, they have mm-hmm. lives, um, and some People with autism need lifelong support, so but it never really goes away. The symptoms can be sort of minimized, I think, mm-hmm. with appropriate treatments and that kind of thing. But it's never, it's never cured per se. Okay, thank you for Ooh. all of that information. Yeah, no problem. There's a couple of other things families can do too, in case um, you know Project Lifesaver may not be an option where they are, or the financial portion of it is challenging. Um, Even just having an ID bracelet with contact information because children with autism, you know, I mean, that's pretty easy to do and and quick to access. And um, because children with autism are often nonverbal, it will give people in the community an idea of who to contact if they see a child wandering without an adult. Um, they can also, like, let their neighbors know about their child and that their child may be prone to wandering so that they have sort of an eye out if they see their um, the child wandering in the neighborhood. You know, all of these are sort of just easy, quick things that families can do that may make the difference and save a child's life. Mm. Hi, Christine. This is Liz. Hey. So what should first responders know in these type of situations? That's a good question. Um, So the first thing that first responders should know is that um, children with autism are drawn to water. So I would recommend that... Sorry about that. Um, He wants to join in on the conversation. I know. (laughs) Um, 
So first responders should know that children with autism are drawn to water and they need to check those areas first. Um, they should also know. Sorry about that. Um, that children with autism may not come when you call them. So setting up a search party where people are calling the child's name over and over again, that might not be the best way to find mm. a child with autism. It might actually scare mm. them and cause them to um, retreat further away from people. Um, children with autism also often hide in small spaces, so checking those kind of areas is a good thing to do. Uh, and I think just in general, if first responders can become familiar with what autism is and how it may present in different cases, then they'll be better able to assist in these cases where children wander. You know, the more time sure. it passes, the more likely it is that there's a negative outcome. So the faster they mm -hmm. can, you know, assess the situation and make smart decisions about where they're looking and how they're looking, um, you know, the faster the child can be found and brought to safety. Right. So what are some good resources for families who have a child with autism? There's a number of different organizations out there. There's an organization called Autism Speaks, which is a national organization, and they put out, um, they do a lot of fundraising, they do a lot of awareness events, um, and they're a powerful resource in the autism community. Um, there's a local Autism Society of America chapter, which is called the Autism Society of Tidewater, and they also do, you know, a great job of reaching out to families, providing resources to the families, offering activities and that kind of thing. Um, the National Autism Organization actually puts out something called the Big Red Safety Toolkit, which provides a lot of great ideas on how to protect your child if a wandering situation, if you have a child that's prone to wandering. Uh, they also offer a first responder toolkit that you can give to local police agencies to help inform them about children with autism. So all of those are sort of good resources, especially when you're considering wandering as a concern. Wow. Well, Christine, we want to thank you so much. Was there any more information that you want to share, perhaps, that we haven't asked about this topic? Um, no, I just really wanted to get out um, the, the concept that, you know, wandering is a significant concern in this population. And if you see a child who is out in public without an adult, it's better to err on the side of, approaching that child and trying to find their parents and letting them, you know, sort of walk away because it could be a child who doesn't know how to get back to where they started, you know. Right. And how can our listeners get in contact with you and, and research your center? So we have a website. It's www.learnwithmasc.org. Um, you can contact me via the website. You can also contact me at Christine at learnwithmath.org, and I'll be happy to answer any questions anybody has, help put them in contact with 
people that can help them if I can't. Um, our organization is always open to helping families out there. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show, and we hope we have you back yeah. in the future. All right. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for helping. You're Thank welcome. You. Have a good evening. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Such Good information. great information. Yeah. 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 I always okay. thought there was a look, a certain look to someone who had autism. No. No. Not at all. Not at all. I always thought that kids that were autist, autistic were like real steel, like you know what I mean? They didn't. They were like to themselves Space. and yeah, always look, spaced kind of out. I didn't think yeah. they actually would wander out and <clears throat> stuff like that. So that I mean, which and then to see that the little boy died in the swamp, and then she said because they love water, that was just like so crazy. Yeah, yeah. And I, I didn't know that, and until that, I did not know that was the case. And like she said, you know, those sensory alerts that, okay, now it's a danger zone, you need to go back, they don't have that. Mm-hmm. So it's just horrible. Just, it's horrible. I appreciate that she brought up the point that there's um, a spectrum of autism because I think a lot of people miss that. And the individuals with autism display very different characteristics. So you might have someone yeah. who kind of fits to themselves, but then you ha- might have one that runs up and down and does, like, uh, behaviors that are not consistent with, uh, like, maybe tapping on something is their thing. Um, But they have various different characteristics. I worked with children with autism a few years back, and I saw various different behaviors from, from various different children, and I witnessed quite a bit. So it was a learning experience indeed. And I think it's important for the public to be aware because when that story came out, I kept hearing people like parent shaming. What were you doing? Why were you not watching your child? And and they don't understand how challenging it could be um, to have a child with autism and and feel like you have to be watching them day and night and never take your eyes off of them. And that's not possible for any parent. Yeah, I mean, because it's it's hard to do it just Mm -hmm. with a a normal child. You know, kids are active, so it's almost like you have to be two parents in, or if it's two parents in a home, you have to be four parents in one. So, yeah, I definitely get that. I definitely, I'm glad that she did, you know, tell them that you can't just blame the parents because this happened because a child can get away from you. You know, that's just like when you, if you're in a grocery store, and the child, your child, get lost. You know, last time you looked, he was sitting beside you. Children mm-hmm. get right. away. They're they're bad and they're evil. Right. That's why I don't want any. <laughs> you know what? Get, I, I'm gonna leave that alone. But on those same lines, you know, I think it's said just because the child has a disability mm-hmm. or a learning challenge, they'll say that as if what I was supposed to lock my child under lock and key and never let them have regular activity like any Mm -hmm. other child, but you insinuate that when you ask questions like that. So that just, you know, that just drives me crazy. Um, But I won't say on a lighter note. But drives me crazy. Oh, Lord. What, Nate? 
to know that William Scrayhorn had tickets to go see goddamn Patti LaBelle, and he wow. opened the other end. Wow. And he did what? He, he on the other end what? talking to y'all. He's supposed oh. to be sitting up listening Hi, to Patty, but you know what? I'm not. You know what? I'm not even going to say nothing. I'm not even going to say nothing because he's scared of Alicia. Because he's scared of Alicia. That's the problem. Oh, no, no, Honey, if he's scared of anybody, he ain't scared of me. I can tell you that as a matter of fact. Um, but if I had tickets to Patty the Bell, I'm with me. My barber is enjoying the ticket. Honey, my, my mother gives me three haircuts to the day I die. Of, uh, Honey, he better not, ever, better not ever let me find out who this Bobby is because I'm going to slash all his tires. <laughs> oh, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, to me, everybody should get three haircuts for the rest of my life for them Patty LaBelle tickets, but... Whatever. Well, honey, if there was anything yeah. like my tickets last night, we was the last people at the very back of the door. Oh, no, that's so. all right. No, Thank I you for not giving me that concert. I get, was, that concert was the bomb. Uh, I left. <laughs> Brian McKnight could have left. Paint could have left. But no, I tell was you good. that was I short only wanted to see. Layla, Layla, and Tate, and I thought Tate was going. I thought Layla was going to be second to last. So I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna have to sit through Brian McKnight." But I was blessed that the two people I wanted oh, to see ugly. came first, so we left. Yeah, <laughs> Brian McKnight. Well, oh, Brian McKnight. Brian like that. That's ugly. Brian, he need he need to just do videos. He was god awful. I mean, the man oh, can sing, but he was. I mean, as an entertainer, it was ugh. It was dry. Tank was so okay, but let me tell you, that little short man named Anthony <laughs> Hamilton. He ah, brought it yes. in. Oh. Anthony when I tell you, the whole time Anthony Hamilton was on stage, everybody mm-hmm. in the arena was on their feet. Yep. It's an experience awesome. when he on stage. It's an that experience. little short, his backup you alone win. was killing it. No, I didn't go, but I've seen Anthony Hamilton quite a few times. Oh, okay. I, I missed it. Yeah, I was seeing. When I tell you that little short man tore it down, I was kind of pissed because you know the the sound quality at the Coliseum is the worst out of heaven, and I felt like they was getting the sound right as Leo was singing. I was Um, like, "What are they doing? This woman is up there vocally killing." Let me tell you, Leo do a tritone sound that is unheard of in singing. We don't know what that means. We don't know what that means. Where she Break it sing, down. Student. Where she's singing three parts in one voice. Thank you. We learned what? that now. Thank you. Tritone. You know what? This woman saying three parts in one voice. I was, oh, my God. I was literally going crazy with this child was singing. And then I was also pissed because the sound system was God. I mean, it was garbage. But they got it together by the time Tank came up, and it was just way too loud. And then Brian McKnight, they could have just shut it back down. But Anthony <laughs> Hamilton, wow. that man cut that little. I mean, and he's short. When I say short, shut up, shut up. And he up. cut the fool. Well, I want to talk about the subject of cut the fool. Um, cut it. What? Well, I, I, yeah, y'all might say cut when I tell y'all this story. I'm just gonna say this. Untying the Knot, which airs this Sunday at 10 p.m. on Bravo, which is on now, will show the story of Toya Wright and Mickey Wright, a.k.a. Memphis. 
they're currently having relationship issues because Toya gives her husband a four years and eight days, eight times per year to do whatever he wants, no questions asked. Ooh. It's called Ooh. a hall pass. Um, so it appears a hall it, it, it appears that eight hall pass per year to cheat is not working because she came across some very suspicious suspicious photos of half-dressed women on a $10,000 camera she bought him when he claimed he wanted to get into photography. So, Where did she get the money? So far, all he's gotten into is bed with other women for a photo shoot he describes as some sort of creepy, peeping Tom fantasy. So my question to the cast is what is the lesson that you think we should learn from this. I can't what was the question? You gotta know when to hold them. You gotta know when to hold them. And you gotta know when to run, honey. You know what I have had to learn sometimes there's such Uh-oh. thing called self inflicted pain. And she went looking for exactly. it. You know what? I don't okay. look. You know, if if my gut tells me that some, very recently, my gut tells me something ain't wrong. You know, something's wrong. You know, just it's not gonna work. It's not even gonna work. I only want to go through having to find out nothing a little bit later on. It's just not. We two different people. <laughs> so just you know what? Don't, I... don't, don't, don't wait. And that brings me to my next thing that I learned from this subject. Oh God. Huh? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not messing with you. You know, here's my thing that I get from that. Just because it can be done doesn't mean it should be done. And and people are so into this free will thing. And, again, I'm not going to even add spirituality in it because I think a lot of things in life, if you just look at it from a common sense perspective, we don't have to even put God in the mix to make a decision. But I have never known anyone that has ever went into an open relationship that it worked out. Never. Um, people have one or two different reasons. Huh? Well, well, it didn't really work out for her because he was about to leave her until she changed she's her mind. She's still in it. She just cried with no, me. She, she's still in it. I just saw her. What? But I don't well, know her, Monique. I don't well, know her. I saw her. <laughs> Her comedy show, she was saying <laughs> that she had to stop doing it to keep her husband. So I don't know, maybe she's changed her mind again. But I think my problem with the open marriage thing is she put too many rules and regulations on it. Well, if it was going to be open, then it just needs to be open. What's up with eight ball passes? I don't quit it. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. This should just be open for one person and the other well, person. Well, there you go. That's just an honest thing. That should be honest for me. Normally, that's what an open relationship is. It's a selfish one <laughs> that just want it for themselves while the other one sit at home baking. Thank you that I needed that. My attorney's got ah! that thing. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of times people like Custody in this situation, people would give somebody a hall pass because you know the person just ain't going to be faithful. They just not... They probably said that a few times. You don't want to let the person go. So you're going to say, I give you permission to do X, Y, Z. 
they don't need your permission because they've been doing X, Y, Z anyway. You need to just, you know, come up with, am I satisfied with this? I'm going to hang on. It's going to be Angry. all right or I'm not. I ain't giving you no A-hall passes. Angry. Because I give you, you a hall pass. you say 24. You, you, <laughs> At least you I'm out your hall pass. I'm filling out your hall pass right now. Go to the office. <laughs> <laughs> and if you get to the office, somebody in that office is going to give you what you She's screaming at all. <laughs> I just said. Woo! I know you what I'm I don't want to know what you're doing, but are you on hall pass number four? It's, six, it's the midpoint of the year. Are you on hall pass six or really? No, that's eight is too really. many. That's eight months out of the year. That's too many. That ain't too many, because to me, if you need hall passes, you need at least once a month. Uh, yes. Well, it depends on how old you are. <laughs> What'd you say, Liz? Oh, okay. <laughs> Liz said yes. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I'll be honest. It depends on how old you are. They're going to cheat on you, and all they're going to do is cheat on you with eight people a year. Really? No, it don't have to be eight people. It could be eight times. Ain't nobody trying to be a whole or nothing, Alicia. Good God. Well, I, honey, if it's not Alicia, people, no one plans to be a whore. Nobody plans on it. No, that's not true. That's not true. I know You're plenty torn. of people that plan to be a whore, and they do a good job at it. Excuse me? That is not true. <laughs> you meddling. I'm just, well, no, I ain't met with that. That's what they come out. They own my, that's their testimony. I ain't got nothing to do with that. <laughs> well, I want to say that right. you have to be in a committed relationship for it to work. But I think that both parties need to be on board. So They need to be on where board. She, when she messed, where she messed up is she's allowing him to do something that she's uh, not doing herself. And if yeah, it's a truly open relationship, I would say, Memphis, go have your fun. I'm going to have my fun. And we'll meet back mm. somewhere on the flip side. And Ain't meet them in some that. type of way because Negative. she's having all the fun and she's missing out. She has fun with her friends. She should, you know go have fun, you she should go have fun with her friends. Is. Fun at church, things like that. So, oh, only one of y'all can be the hoe. Somebody else going to have to be the You see, you're always labeling people. That's, the, that's your problem. You're always, <laughs> out of your anger, you label, you label people. You put them in a box. <laughs> yeah, you I just put be you times a year, but I consider myself friendly. <laughs> oh, oh, I believe in fellowship. Oh, that's not, oh, okay. Well, I'm going to give you the right hand in the fellowship and, and take away your eight. Right hand, hand, left hand, no hands, it don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's I about the connection. The, the bond is about the connection. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. You need to connect eight times a year. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Liz. All right. Won't he do it? <laughs> no. I have a really beautiful story, I feel like. You know, it's a little tearjerker. So basically, oh, um, why do you say, oh, Lord? So the director. y'all know I'm uh, emotional. Y'all know I'm emotional. I'm going to start crying. Me? Angry. Angry and emotional. Menopause. You know what? I'm not even going to respond to this little Christmas. But no. Go ahead, man. Tell your story, girl. You guys know there's a new Star Wars movie coming out, or it came out. Oh, no, it's coming out in December. 
Um, and basically mm-hmm. the director, um, basically he granted a dying wish of a young man named Daniel Fleetwood who has terminal cancer. Um, he's been a fan since he was eight years old, and his only dying wish was to see the movie because he wanted. He he had made the statement, "I'm not gonna live to see the new movie." So they granted him the wish and they let him see the movie. Oh. So I thought that was really sweet. Well, but we, I have a question like to thank you guys for this story. <laughs> that was so sweet. If you knew you were going to die, what is one of the last things that you would have to do? Oh. Can it be make believe? No. no. Like if, like if I had like that make a wish people who would go do it. Yeah. Oof. That's not making me laugh. I can't. I have a reputation. I cannot say that. Go to you, Alicia. Oh. oh. Well, you know what? I am. I would write a book. I'm sorry. I would have to have my last word. Something that I felt like really left my final words or, or whatever the message I would say that my life was meant for, the purpose of my life. I would like to write one final book to just express my final thoughts and one last message. I can't help it. Did someone boo you? <laughs> you know what? See, he be trying it. You be trying it. You be, I don't know what this illness is you have. But I pray that somebody lay hands on you and saturate you with oil (laughs) and dip you in the water. They need to baptize you. Hallelujah. (laughs) They still a church open somewhere. We need to take you. (laughs) Nathan? Yes. Now, if I only had... (laughs) (laughs) Do I hear the Jeopardy music? A few days to live. So what was the question, Liz? See? <laughs> <laughs> that was in my time repeating shit. <laughs> I can't right now. I just can't. If you knew you were going to die, what is one if of I the last wishes? <laughs> yeah, well, like his last wish was to see a Star Wars movie. What, what would be one of okay. the last things that you would have to do? The last thing I would have to do. Oh, the last thing. <laughs> now, when you say last thing, that means I'm like after it. I'm You're gonna be dead afterwards. Well, honey, I got to go to church because I got to make some shit. Right? Yeah. <laughs> church and <is> okay. <laughs> Help. I can't right now. I just can't. Okay, you don't go to church. Okay, so I'm gonna have to bypass some church. The Lord just gonna have to follow me <laughs> on a trip somewhere. Oh, I, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave on a tropical island with about eight of them hall passes. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Have a good time, and uh, then I see y'all on the flip side. All right. You know what? I'm gonna write my last book on that tropical island too. You write about that. <laughs> Yes, girl. We're going to do it up. And how long will this book be, Alicia? I don't know. It's going to be one long book. <laughs> Depends on how long I get. <laughs> 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 
Okay, so did oh. everybody hear about Serena Williams with her phone? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So in last Wednesday's um, Facebook post, Serena Williams, she encouraged her followers to listen to their own superhero voice or their inner voice. This is what she said in her post. She said, so yesterday at dinner, the craziest thing happened to me. I was sitting enjoying some Chinese food, delicious, may I add, and this guy stands next to me. It was only two of us sitting at a four-person table just chatting like we had not seen each other in years. Anyways, I digress. So this guy is standing next to me and something, she said, I have now dubbed it my superhero sense, told me to watch him. My phone was sitting in a chair, but I just didn't feel right. He was there too long. Is he a customer, I thought? Is he waiting on the bathroom? Nonetheless, I tried to shake his eerie feeling. However, I kept watching him from the corner of my eye. Then, when least expected, lo and behold, this common petty thief grabbed my phone and swiftly left. The story ends, you know, with her chasing him down, and she did get her phone back. But my question to you is, when was the last time that you actually listened to your inner voice and you were right? Or when was the last time that you did not listen to your your inner voice and you regretted it? Uh. Alicia? Alicia? <laughs> Come back to me, honey. I, I, <laughs> it just happened to me today. Just go ahead. today. What happened? I was about to go shopping, y'all. When I tell you I was about to go shopping, <laughs> I had saw some money in my account, and I was hey, about to go God shopping. Had and the Lord said, honey, that ain't yours. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean it's not mine? It's in my account. You blessed me. You are God. You are a rewarder of those who do. No, 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 no. Thank you. <laughs> That was your alimony. And he said, "He said, no, ma'am, no, ma'am, go sit down. That's not yours. <laughs> Uh-oh. And I found out it wasn't even mine. Amen. Oh, Lord. Amen. This I'll could have been a disaster. So basically what I want y'all to get out of my story is you got to know when to hold them. Oh, my God. You know when to hold them <laughs> and know when to walk the hell away. <laughs> I am done. Well, I won't say this is my last time, but this was my most prominent time. So I met this dude. He was was pretty hot and tempting and all that flattering stuff. But I knew he was full of shit. I knew he was full of it. And I was like, but he looked good. So I'm just going to try this thing out. And, um, yeah, he was full of ish. And it turned Uh, out just as I expected. But, you know, you know, I didn't follow my instincts, so. You're living your life. Hmm. And then, yeah, what I got from your story is you got to learn to puff, puff, give. <laughs> My Lord. You know what? He's going to be arrested. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> so, I don't know. I think I was talking to Alicia about, oh, it might have been Nate. Uh, a couple of weeks I got a C on my um, my teacher gate. Well, I got a B on the test, but because she had a time, for some reason she took off a point for every minute you went over. Anyway, she Ooh. took me from an 86 down to a 75, and Ooh. I don't get C's in school. So I was upset, and I emailed her, emailed her to the point where she was like, okay, well, we can have a conference to talk about this. And then she kept giving me the runaround. And I, what I wanted to do, what my mother advised me to do was to go up the chain of command. So I was going to report her, and then I think the next thing I had to do was appeal that and then go up the thing. I, I was out to destroy her. 
But something just kept telling me, just be patient, hold on, hold on. So I sent her maybe like four or five more emails telling her that it was serious to me um, and that, you know, it was pretty much unacceptable for me to have a C when I really got a B on the test. So um, I think it was last week, maybe last Thursday or Friday, she emailed me and told me that she had been ill. Something had happened in her family. Then her son, over dancing in Paris, got ill. They had to fly him back. Anyway, she hadn't seen my email. Uh-huh. Um, and she called me. We had this big, long 45-minute conversation. And anyway, she, she didn't give me all of the points back, but enough so that I did get my B. And had I had went through being okay. vicious as I wanted Yay. to be, um, you know, it could have t- turned out better. And it really wasn't her, you know, fault. She had understandable reasons for why she hadn't called me. I thought she was trying to avoid the situation, but I listened to my voice and I, and I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I need you to apply this in your work life. I'm just saying. I am, Alicia. Apart You're still here. What are you talking about? Oh, see. He keeps trying it, Jesus. He keeps <laughs> trying it. He keeps trying it. But God bless him anyway. Um, to answer your question. Alicia, um, where are you? What? In the bathroom. Are you across the room? Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I am not. It's like you're washing dishes across the room. <laughs> she is in the bathroom. I'm telling y'all, watch. I am not. <laughs> She can't sit on that toilet for too long. Watch. (laughs) See, that's the one you need to watch out for. Right there. Um, The last time I saw my instinct, I think the last time, it was here recently, to just say what you you feel Mm -hmm. and say it at a time when or in a way where you don't expect results back. Like, I'm not saying it because I want to get this type of result. I'm saying it because it just needs to be said, and I want to free it from my spirit. So I did right. that. Eh, right. We'll we'll see about the results in the future, but that was that. Okay. Did All right. The Liz say anything? The Liz say anything? Um. No. I'm. A, I'm gonna share mine next week. It's okay. Uh-oh. Okay. All right, Nate. Tell us about the shows real quickly for next week. We only have like a minute and a half. Yes. Well, that's going to be a great show next week. <laughs> yeah. Well, next week we have Women on the Rise. It's produced by our own Nate Whitfield. Um, it's going to be a great show. He has a lot show. of people. Yeah, yeah. So make sure you tune in. Until next week, we're your host. And um, make sure you meet us here next week. Have a blessed week, everybody. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. We ask that you visit www.letsfaceitradio.com for up-to-date information on future shows, special guests, advertising opportunities, and exciting interactive ways that you can be a part of the show. Join us next week, same time, same place, for real people, real topics, real talk. Let's face it.